How many of y'all enjoy going to the lake or the river during the summer? A lot of y'all have been, okay? So I'm a big fan. My sister had a boat all the way up until, does she still have it? You still got the boat or you sold it? Okay, all right, yeah, sad, all right. So they just sold the boat. Sorry, go ahead. And uh, back in the day, we'd, we'd hit up the lake all the time. Now we go to the Tennessee River. And one of my favorite things is going tubing, all right? It's one of the best things. It's a love-hate relationship, but it's one of the best things. You know what I'm talking about. You get on the tube, you're on there for hours, you're just hanging on, gripping for dear life. Your elbows are raw by the end of it because they're just beating on top of this you know, inner tube for the whole day. You know what I'm talking about? The next morning, you get out of bed. If you can get out of bed, you feel like you're a 98-year-old man, and you're like, oh my goodness, everything hurts. So here's the deal. All I'm telling you is this, is that tubing is an absolute adventure. But when you get on the back of that boat, I was, I, was, I was in the driver's seat pulling a bunch of my friends behind the tube. So I'm just telling you straight up. That's easy. Hey, listen, I'm just telling you, that's good driving. That's what that is. That's good driving. When you get on the tube, hold up, not right now. We got questions right now. When you get on the tube, here's what you're saying. I relinquish all of my rights to any decisions. I don't know where the boat's going. I don't know how fast we're going to go. I don't know when a turn's coming. I don't even know if the person next to me is going to push me off. I have no idea. I'm just hanging on for dear life. Praise the Lord that life is not like the back of a tube where you just get on the bull and grab on as hard as you can and just hope that the ride isn't as bad as they say it's going to be. Thank the Lord that life is not like tubing, that you don't just get behind the back of the boat and you have no idea where it's going. You see, every single person from middle school, high school, college, and beyond, every single person stands at a crossroad with the Lord where you get to make the decision. You are the one who will make the decision about what life is going to be like for you. You can't control what happens around you but you can control what the Lord does in your life. You see, tonight we're gonna look at Psalm 1 as a whole from verse one and two, three and four, and five and six. And I'm here to tell you this, that your journey, that you stand at the crossroad, am I gonna walk down the road of the righteous or the road of the wicked, stands in your decision, it stands in your camp to decide. When I was seven years old, I was at a VBS I remember the pastor called us to who wants to get saved. I went forward. I walked to the very front. I told pastor, I said, man, I want to get saved. He sat down with me and talked to me about what it meant to follow Jesus. In that very moment at seven years old, I gave my life to Jesus. Am I perfect? No. Do I have some kind of like new like righteousness that I've now created in myself that now I'm just perfect now all throughout life? No. But I'm going to tell you what happened. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that he who knew no sin, meaning Jesus, who was perfect in every way, was treated as a sinner. He became sin so that we, who were once the enemies of God, might be treated as though we were righteous. So what I'm telling you is when I say the road of the righteous, I'm not saying the road of the person who does a lot of good deeds. I'm not saying the road of the person who goes to church a lot. When I say the road of the righteous, what I mean is this. You have stepped onto the pathway that says, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm all in. 
a righteousness that comes only through the work of Jesus. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Correct? And what he's saying is there's a path for the righteous that walks in the way of the word, and there's a path for the wicked that walks in the ways of the world. Can I show you the picture for us? Can we put the diagram up here for us? Come on. Not this one, the next one. We're going to go right here. First thing you can write down is the road of the righteous and the road of the wicked. Some of you have made a decision before in your life, and you've already stepped on to the road of the righteous. For me, it was seven years old is when I got saved. Seven years old was whenever I made the decision to step on the road of the righteous and to follow Jesus. And for you, I want you to do me a favor. In this little circle right here that says you, I want you to write down how old were you, what was your age, whenever you made the decision to follow Jesus. Many of you in this room have made that decision before. For those of you who have made the decision to follow Jesus, in that circle, I want you to write down the age that you were whenever you decided to follow Jesus. I'm looking at yours. It says 12 years old. You're 12 years old? How old are you now? 12. Oh, so you've been following the Lord for this year. Oh, that's amazing. That's awesome. What's another year? Over here. Mr. Kenya, where you got? Eight years old. How old are you now? 12. You've been following the Lord for four years, on the path of righteous for four years. What about you, Evan? Nine years old, I think so, from around there. So you've been on the path of the Lord for how long? Three years, what about right here? 11, how old are you now? 12, so one year since then, that's awesome. I'm a, there should be a lot, yeah, anniversary, this should be like a birthday party for when you got saved, right? I'm with you. We're gonna pause right there. You got yours down, okay? So here's the deal. The person who says, yo, yo, I got saved when I was seven, when I was eight, when I was 11, when I was 12, whatever your age was when you got saved, what you're saying now is, hey, I have now stepped on to the road of the righteous and I am journeying and walking and delighting in what the Lord has for me. It means you're all in with the Lord. It says that that person delights and meditates on what? The law of the Lord, the word of God, the Bible, right? And so what I'm gonna do is this. I want you to see this picture. The person who chooses to make the Lord the king of his heart says this, that the authority of God now becomes the one with the throne, with the crown, with the king. The king's seat for me belongs to the word of God. Now this is a hard concept to grasp. What does it mean for me to say, that the word of God has the authority in my life. It means that I live under the authority of the Bible, not under the advice or the approval of the world. Eli, right here, man. Nate, come on, guys. Nate, I'm gonna have to separate you guys. One more time, I'm moving y'all. That's what it means. It means this, whenever the world says, hey, no, 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 homosexuality is a good thing. You say, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? When it says, hey, when the, when the world says, hey, gossip is no big deal, everyone's doing it. You have to say, well, what does the Bible say? When your flesh tells you, says, Corey, man, honoring my parents is bogus. I don't feel like it today. Well, what does the Bible say? Should this not dictate how I live? Not my feelings, not the world, not my heart. The Bible should tell me how I should live my life. 
Whenever I'm dealing with, man, school, and I'm saying I'm tempted to cheat on a test because it's the only way I'm going to be able to pass this thing because I didn't study. What does the Bible say about that? When the world says, hey, you can be any gender you want to be. Well, what does the Bible say about that? Students, I'm telling you right now, we cannot live a life that is determined by what the world, what the enemy, or what our own flesh and temptations say. We must live a life that says, no, no, no. What does the Bible say first and foremost? We need a generation that says, I'm not going to listen to what I see on a TikTok foes, or I'm not going to listen to what I see on Instagram, or what I see with my text message with my friends, or what I see at school, and let these things dictate what I believe about creation, what I believe about man and woman, what I believe about marriage. No! When you say I step on the road of the righteous, you're saying the Bible is the authority in my life. This is what tells me how to live my life. If you say you're on the road to the righteous, but you do not believe or trust the Bible, I'm going to tell you right now, you are not on the road of the righteous. What you said is, I want to get out of hell free card, and I don't want what comes with it. That's not following Jesus. Students, when you got saved, you said, I am a follower of the person of Jesus of the teaching of Jesus and of the words of Jesus, which is found in the word of God. It is perfect, it's without error, and it is a living and active word that speaks truth to you every single day. The person who walks the road of the righteous is someone who delights and meditates in the word of God and says, this is the authority for my life. The person who's on the road of the wicked says, consciously, makes the decision, says, I do not believe what God says. I choose to rebel against God. I choose not to obey God. I choose to walk in the ways that the world says are good or that the enemy tempts me with or that my own flesh says is good. That's what they're saying. That's what it means to step away from God on the road to the wicked. These two roads are complete opposite, right? Y'all with me? Like, that's so opposite. Isn't it so hard? So many Christians say, yeah, yeah, I stepped on the road to the righteous, and they're like this right here. You know, and they're kind of like, but I still got one foot over here, right? Y'all with me there? So many times we're like, yes, I'm a Christian, and you're kind of like, but I also like this part too. And I'm just telling you guys, Blessed is the person who will say, I'm not going to walk in the counsel of the wicked. I'm not going to stand in the way of sinners. I'm not going to sit in the seat of scoffers. I'm going to delight in the word of God. I'm going to meditate on day and night, and this is going to be the authority for how I live. Because here's what's cool. There's two roads, but here's also the next thing. There are two rewards. The reward for the righteous and the reward for the wicked. Two rewards. My niece, where's she at? Adeline, where's she at in the room? Adeline, what's up, girl? All right, Adeline's in the building. I have three nieces and one nephew, Adeline, Molly, and Caroline. And then I have a nephew named Mac. And uh, they're probably running around here all the time in the middle school ministry, probably seem around. But here's the deal. When Adeline was young, when she had not even been able to, just started to learn to walk, I was over at their house. I remember I had them all decked out and all my, I would put them in my shoes, you know, and put my hat on them. And they were looking like super like, what's up, you know? Um, she didn't even remember this, but I do. I've got pictures, okay? 
I remember we were, she was learning how to walk. And I was like, Adeline, walk to me. Come here. Adeline, come here. You know, you're like trying to like entice him. Like, oh, I, got, I got a cookie. You know, and you're like trying to find anything to get him to walk to you. Adeline starts taking a couple of steps. You know how babies walk. Like they're like, like every joint in their body's just now starting up like it's an engine, you know. She started walking. She walks right up to me. Adeline walks right up to me. And I'm like cheering her on. She walks my picker up, and I'm like, way to go, Adeline. I'm like, I'm so proud of you. And I'm like trying to teach her how to give me a knuckle bumps. You know, I'm just trying to show her up. And I'm like, basically, you can have anything you want. You want ice cream for dinner? We have it. You know, you walk today. You know, like, like you know, you know what I'm saying? You know, with me on that? Y'all have all experienced that when babies do something small, even if it's little, but they obey or do something cool, they do something, a trick, you're like, man, like the whole world has changed because of this. When the Lord's children walk in his ways, follow his voice, obey his commands, does not our good, good father want to open up the heavens and bless his children abundantly? Blessed is the man. Blessed is the person. Blessed is the woman who walks in the way of the word. For that person's like a tree planted by streams of water with a constant supply of like resources. It says that their, their leaf will not wither. It will prosper in all that it does. They will bear fruit in all seasons. Like that is the reward for the person who takes the road of the righteous. He says, when you step on this road, I've got blessings upon blessings upon blessings I'm about to pour out to you because you are following my voice, walking in my ways, and obeying my truth. I'm not here to tell Trey Simons that when he goes to Canada this week, that he's going to end up stumbling across a million dollars in the middle of the road, and that's his blessing for just being a Christian going on a mission trip. That's not what I'm telling this man. That's not what the Bible's telling you. If he wanted to say that you're going to be wealthy with a lot of riches because you made the decision to follow Jesus, he would have just put in there, blesses the man who delights in the word because he's going to find $2 million at the end of uh, his, when he turns 29, you know? That's not what it says. But it says you're going to be firmly planted, standing strong through all seasons of life, man. You're going to prosper. That there's going to be blessings of fruitfulness in your life. He says he's going to take care of you. He's going to provide for you beyond anything you can imagine because you're like a tree planted by streams of water that never cease to provide life and substance to you. Students, right now, you're in a season of middle school. I'm be real. You're in a middle school season. And I've seen our students come through 6th grade, 7th grade, 8th grade. You should have seen Parker when he first came in, man. Yeah, it was like, you know, like learning his life, you know, in sixth grade. Now he's in seventh grade. He was figuring things out, still working on his math test, you know. And now he's in eighth grade. This man could basically fight me now, you know, and I wouldn't do it. I mean, I'll I'll put hands if I need to, you know what I'm saying? But the Lord develops you over these seasons. I'm telling you, if you'll walk with the Lord through middle school, man, he's going to take you from your sixth grade year as a young man and young woman. He's going to develop you. And by the time you get to your eighth grade year, man, you're going to be standing taller and stronger, planted by the streams of God's word, the tap water, the holy tap water, right? He's going to teach you and bless you and minister you. You're going to see the fruit of your life because you chose to walk towards the voice of the Lord and obey him in all things. Because you built a life that was rooted here. You said, I live under the authority of the Bible. 
not under the approval of man or the advice of the world. I'm going to live under this right here. The last thing I got for you is real simple. Last thing. There's two roads. You have to decide where you're going to go. Which road will you take? There's two rewards. The reward of the righteous says you're like a tree, but it says that the reward of the wicked, they are not so. They're not like that. Everything you just named for the reward of the the righteous, this whole idea of being a tree planted by streams of living, living water, that is not true for the wicked. And y'all have all seen it. Y'all have seen people that have taken this route here and they've been very prosperous. They've had a lot of good things, but name any of them that kept it for their entire life. You read through the Bible, you read through history, people that followed in the ways of the, the wicked never walk away from the end of their life with an eternity of joy. And that's where we're going next, which is the result of the righteous and the wicked. The final thing we looked at tonight, our verse, was says that therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the, my boys in the back, congregation, that's what we was rocking with in our memory verses a minute ago, congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. What he's saying is, When you step on the road of the wicked, following the ways of the world, the reward in your life is not going to be like the reward of the righteous. But ultimately, the result that comes is an eternal punishment in a place called hell. An eternity separated from the presence and the goodness of God. All you experience every day, all day, for eternity, for the rest of all of time, is the wrath of God. It's painful, it's lonely, it's scary, it's a horrible place to be. Every one of us were born on this road right here, headed for this spot. Yet when Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, he made a way for us to step off of this road, to step away from this reward, and to step away from this result, to embark on the journey with the road of the righteous where we live a life that's under the authority of Jesus' teaching, Jesus' testimonies, and Jesus' word. We get to enjoy the blessings, the rewards that come when we follow the Lord. But ultimately, we get to finish with the results of an eternal kingdom, an infinite amount of days, enjoying the blessings, the goodness of a creation that God has set aside just for you and me. We're gonna get to enjoy life to the fullest in heaven, with God Almighty. That's the result that awaits every one of us that have stepped on the road to the righteous. I've got two grandfathers. I mentioned you in the back about two grandfathers. One grandfather is this. We called him granddaddy. His name was Don Rutherford. Don Rutherford was a hard, hard man. I'm serious, like real hard. He was a mean dude. And um, I could tell a lot of stories about my grandfather. We call him granddaddy. I could tell a lot of stories about granddaddy, but I'll tell you one. My cousin, he's about five years younger than me. When he was about seven years old, they pulled up to the gas station. And my granddaddy had smoked a lot of cigarettes growing up, so he did not like to get out of the truck very often. 
So they pull up, and he sends my seven-year-old cousin with some money inside and says, go buy me a lottery ticket. So I guess that's that generation thinks that's cool or something. I don't know. Logan is as shy as could be. I mean, he's like super timid. He walks in, closes the door of the truck, walks into the gas station, talks to the clerk, says, I need to buy a lottery ticket from my granddaddy. And uh, the guy's like, I can't sell you a lottery ticket, kid. He said, you need to tell your granddaddy to come inside. And Logan was like, I don't, I don't think he can do that. And he was like, he was like, well, you need to go get your granddaddy. I'm not selling you a lottery ticket. So Logan walks back to the truck, gets in on the passenger side. He says, they wouldn't sell me the lottery ticket, granddaddy. And granddad, man, I'm telling you, this, <laughs> he just starts grabbing the door, opens it up. He's cussing, takes the door, slams it shut. His truck shakes, you know. That's the kind of vibe, you know what I'm saying? And he starts walking. He's got his, you know, probably a gun on his hip. I mean, he had everything. I mean, he's just like, yeah. He walks in the gas station. He starts yelling at the clerk up and down. Walks out with his lottery ticket. I don't know what argument he's trying to win over there. Like, you're going to sell a lottery ticket to a seven-year-old? I don't understand. My granddad, just a rough man. My sister over here in the side room is Amanda. She's over there. Wave, Amanda. What's up, y'all? Amanda, uh, yeah, everybody's like, what's up, Amanda? Amanda moved out of my mom and dad's house when she was 17. Is that right? 18 or so? 18. And uh, she went to live with my grandmother and my granddaddy, Don, or Don Rutherford, yeah. And she lived with them, and she was good with them, man. My grandparents loved her, and she was tight with them. But uh, I remember one day Amanda said she tried to share the gospel with my granddaddy. She's like, I want to tell you about how Jesus saved me. I don't know exactly how that conversation went exactly, but she was trying to share with him about who Jesus was and what he did. And my granddad said, real angry. I think it was in the kitchen, I think. He said, don't you ever talk about that bleeping church stuff in my home ever again. That's how he lived. And he had that same attitude until the day he died of emphysema from smoking his entire life. I have no doubt that my grandfather, Don Rutherford, I will never see him in heaven. I have no doubt that Don Rutherford walked down the road of the wicked, walked in the rewards of the wicked, and is going to be in the result of the wicked for all of eternity. Sucks. Mother or grandfather, his name was Leroy O'Hara. He passed away last June during the week of uh, Camp Outrageous. He passed away, um, and we were going through his belongings and stuff, and inside his wallet, there was a poem that he had written down that he had actually written himself. He got saved when he lived in Batesville, Mississippi. Later in life, he got saved and used to walk miles down the road. And he would write this song and sing it on his walk. Can I share the song? Is that okay? It says, I'll read it for you. Maybe we'll see it in the back. It says, he will forgive all you do. All you have to do is ask him to. There's peace in my heart. 
He gave me a brand new start. He made me a home up above. Now I can enjoy his love. Jesus, Jesus, I love you. From my heart, this is true. Jesus, Jesus, I love you. It is right for me to do. Yes, yes, I love you. Yes, yes, I love you. Yes, yes, I love you. I truly do. As I walk down life's dark road, you will help me tote the load. When I look up in the sky, your bright light will pierce my eyes. I was lost deep in sin, and in my heart you came in. Jesus, Jesus, I love you. From my heart, this is true. Jesus, Jesus, I love you. It is right for me too. Yes, yes, I love you. Yes, yes, I love you. Yes, yes, I love you. Jesus, I truly do. My grandfather, I have no doubt, was not a perfect man, but he walked down the road of the righteous. When he got saved a long time ago, he made that decision to follow the Lord. His life was marked by the rewards of the righteous, the fruit of the righteous. And ultimately, one day, I'm going to see my grandfather on the other side of eternity in heaven. One day, I got to sit by his bedside, and he says, I'm ready. Why? Because he's got a great hope stored up for an eternity where all the pain and all the challenges and all the suffering goes away, and he gets to enjoy the Lord forever. Students, I'm begging you today. If I asked you a minute ago and said, when did you get saved? And you're like, I don't even know when that is. I have no idea. I don't even know if I've ever done that for my life. Today's your day. Today's the day to make that decision to step on the road of the righteous. Let today be the day where you make the decision to follow him. To say, I'm going to build a life that's under the authority of the Word of God. Say, God, I want to enjoy the fruit and the rewards that you have for this life and for the one to come. And say, God, I don't want what the world has to offer. I want what Jesus has. If you've stepped on the road of the righteous, then you've got to live a life that says that the word of God is the authority in your life. That's hard. It is so hard because the whole world says that this is a joke. The world says this is just a good book and you should do what you feel like or what the people around you tell you. But I'm here to tell you right now, man, this has changed my whole life and there's nothing more that I believe or would stand on right here than the word of God. I live my life based off of what this book says. It is living and active, and it has changed the way I live. And I'm challenging you students. This whole psalm, Psalm 1, is about this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight, his joy, his treasure is in the word of God. And on the word of God, he will meditate, he will think, he will ponder, he will trust, he will believe day and night. Students, 
Psalm 1 is about the road you take with the Lord, about the rewards you get to enjoy, and the result that awaits you in eternity. Please, students, build your life around what the Bible says. I promise you'll get to enjoy the blessings God has for you. It will change the way you live for the rest of your life.